praise. Come on. say give me silver some say give me gold but there's one thing I came for tonight I say give me Jesus he's the rock of my soul King Jesus I know you hear me when I pray when I'm down here in trouble Lord he always does comes walking by my way hallelujah come on give him a hand clap praise the lord Thank you. hallelujah ain't, the, ain't they awesome that's a good band right there let me tell you praise the lord hallelujah hallelujah i'm telling you uh, I, I i'm thankful king jesus comes walking by my way how many of y'all are thankful that he comes walking by your way tonight hallelujah amen we're going to be in Exodus. I'm going to jump into the Word. Uh, I, I won't hold you long. I always say that. I always have to repent after I'm done. I'm just joking. Some of y'all really got nervous there. Praise the Lord. I'm going to be in Exodus chapter 17, um, uh, verse 8. I think they've got it up here on the screen. Verse 8, starting in verse 8. Uh, if you don't know where Exodus is, Go to Genesis, start turning right, and you'll find it. Praise the Lord. Exodus chapter 17, verse 8. Verse 8 says, Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose out, and we can all stand up for the reading of the word. Choose out men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow, I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said unto him. And he fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hands that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hands, Amalek prevailed. And Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stood on one side and one on the other and held up his hands. The one on the one side, one on the other. And his hands were stayed until the going down of the sun. And I like this Joshua disconfitted Amalek and, in, and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book and rehearse it. In the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out a remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. For he said, because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek. Listen to these last few words. From generation, can we say that? To generation. You can be seated. The Lord told Moses that there was a common battle that would be fought. That battle would travel from generation to generation. The Lord said to Moses to choose Joshua, and I want to title my message tonight, the generation of Joshua. The generation of Joshua. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy. 
We thank you for your grace, for your goodness. Lord, we are nothing without you. We can do nothing without you. Lord, we must have the Holy Spirit, the helper, to help us tonight, to open our ears to hear what you're saying to us tonight. Father, we thank you for everyone here tonight. We thank you for every heart that's open tonight to hear your word, and we ask that you would plant seed in it and let it bring forth fruit, and we give you glory and praise, and everybody in here says, amen, and amen. Tonight, I want to talk just for a few moments about the generation of Joshua, and we've got to understand something. Today, the Lord wants to connect generations. How many believes that? He wants to bridge the gap between the generations. So often in today's world, there is a wall that's built between each generation. And the devil is very happy when that wall is built because some key things are missing when there's a wall in between each generation. How many knows that the next generation always feeds off of the generation that goes before it? And how many knows that the generation that is ahead of that generation is always sowing into the next generation? Whether it's good or whether it's bad, they're sowing. And we see that there's often a wall that's built in the church between the generations. Oftentimes there's this idea that the generations really can't go together. They really can't fit together. They really can't have church together. They really can't worship together. They really can't sing together. They can't enjoy the same songs. They can't enjoy the same preachers. They can't enjoy the same messages. They gotta have a new translation. They've gotta have a new song. And that's true that God does something new in each generation. That's true that each generation lives in a different world that presents different challenges. But what we've got to remember is that each generation still serves the same God. The same God that moved in the generation before is the same God that will move in the generation now. And the same God that will move in the generation now will continue to move in the generation after. I'm telling you tonight we need to understand like they sung who our God is, that he's the God that delivers. He's the God that saves. He's the God that still heals. He's still the same. Listen, Pentecost was 2,000 years ago, but God is still the same God of Pentecost. He was there in the upper room, and he's here in this house tonight. He's still the same God from generation to generation. The Bible says that the Lord will show his salvation as much as man likes to try to tear up the world, as much as man tries to, try, uh, to, to bring division and all this terrible stuff into the world. The Lord says, I'm still salvation in Isaiah. He said, from generation to generation, I'm still salvation. I'm still the healer. I'm still the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. I'm still the same God in each generation. We need to see that tonight. We need to see how God wants to bridge the generations, not build walls between them. He read a wonderful verse at the beginning of this service. It's been turned over in my spirit all week. You are a chosen generation. When I think of that word chosen, I think of Esther. She was chosen for a particular time to do a particular work for God. And God has placed this generation right here, right now, for a specific reason. Now, don't get me wrong. I would have loved to have been around 
when the turn of the 20th century happened and the Azusa Street Revival happened. I mean, that thing went for three years. It was a move of God like this world had almost never seen. And it began to spread out through the whole world to other nations. That move uh, affected this world deeply. But I would have loved to have been there. But you've got to understand something. God didn't call you for that time. He didn't call you for that generation. He has a reason that you are here right now. You are chosen in this generation. Well, they might say, well, Peter was talking to that generation. No, God is the same God in every generation. And what we need to understand tonight is when this word says it, it's prophetic. Some man might say, well, the, so much, 60% of the Bible is prophetic. No, 100% of the Bible is prophetic. It is meant for today. It's meant for this generation. And if this word is still uh, prevalent today, then my God is still moving just like he did in this word today. You know what the Bible says at the end of the Old Testament? Listen to this. Malachi, this is amazing verses. Y'all stay with me for just a few minutes. I'm going somewhere, I promise. Listen to this. In Malachi, we see the closing of the Old Testament. The closing. Some of us, well, we don't really like to read the Old Testament because it's full of stories and all these genealogies. It said this person begat this person and all this. But look at how the Old Testament closes. The Lord said, for behold, the day comes that shall burn as an oven. The proud and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. The day comes that the Lord that uh, shall burn them up, says the Lord, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you, I said unto you, church, that fear his name, shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And you, I want you to get that tonight, shall go forth. You shall go forth and grow up as calves in the stall. And you shall tread down the wicked, and they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. He told Joshua that everywhere the sole of your foot shall tread, I have given it unto you. And he said this in verse 4. He said, this is amazing. Our text is talking about Moses and talking about Joshua. And we're talking about the generation of Joshua tonight. And in the last verses of the Old Testament, the Lord said, remember, remember Moses. Remember the law of my servant Moses, which commanded unto you in Horeb and all of Israel with its statues and judgments. And verse 6 says, and he shall turn the hearts of what? Father to the children and he shall turn the heart of the children to the fathers what does that mean he's going to bridge the generations I said he's going to bridge the generations tonight. He's going to go with Moses' generation, and he's going to show us that the Joshua generation is going to continue to take forward what the Moses generation started. Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. He brought them out of bondage. He set them on the right path, and then he left it up to Joshua and said, Joshua, I'm going to give it to you, and you're going to go forward, and you're going to be a generation to not that conquers that conquers so I read this story when I started to think of that and there was a couple things that spoke to me in this story that we read about when Joshua and Moses went out and fought Amalek 
The Bible says where we started in our text, then came Amalek in the promised, uh, in, in the wilderness on the way to the promised land. How many knows you're in the wilderness right now on your way to the promised land? And in this wilderness experience, in this journey that you're on, you're going to face an Amalek on the way to the promised land. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You know what it's like to walk through school and feel so different that it's just heavy. You can't seem to bear the weight of it. I remember when I was in high school that I would come out of the school uh, at the evening and I would sit down in my truck and I would just lay back in my seat and take a deep breath because I was... I didn't realize it at the time. I was not preaching the gospel. I was in church, but the enemy was showing me all kinds of different ways that he wanted me to go, the ways of temptation. And I would sit down in my truck and just take a deep breath. I couldn't understand what was going on. Every day was so hard. I just felt unusual. I felt different. Even though I had friends, even though I acted like I was a part, even though I put myself in the circle, even though I tried to fit in, I still would sit down and I didn't realize what was happening. What was happening is I was fighting an Amalek. I was fighting a battle. I was fighting a spiritual battle that I real that I didn't realize I was fighting. And this is what the Lord told Moses. Moses went into this battle and the Lord the the text says, Moses said unto Joshua, choose us out men to go and fight Amalek. And in the next verse, the Bible says, Joshua did as Moses said. And the first thing that stood out to me, young people, in this uh, text uh, to not hear me, is that we, as the Joshua generation, need to find a Moses to speak into our lives. Come on now. We need to find a Moses to speak to us. It says that Moses told Joshua, go choose men out of Israel that they can go fight against Amalek. Now we need to understand something tonight. Even though half of us in here are teenagers, half of us are younger than teenage years, some of us are older than teenage years, but I'm talking about a, a generation that encompasses, give me an age for the generation that I'm talking about, an age uh, that it encompasses. Uh, we'll, we'll just say from zero to, to, 30 some, to 30 years old is the generation I'm talking about. And we've been through a lot, I get that. We've seen a lot of things. We, we have social media, bless the Lord. We've got Facebook, bless the Lord. We've got all these things. And I was trying to teach Ron how to use his phone earlier. And I just couldn't, I couldn't deal with it any longer. He couldn't get through the certain things he had to do. And I was like, my goodness. Uh, no, I'm just playing. He's pretty good. But we think too often that we've got it all figured out on our own. Come on, I'm going to preach to you just for a second. We think too often that we've got things figured out, that we've understood what we need to do, and we really don't need the Moses generation to speak into our lives. Now, that's the wall that Satan's tried to build between the generations. And the Bible says in order for the son of righteousness to arise in these last days, something's got to happen. The hearts of the fathers and the children, the generations, has got to come together, has got to understand that we can't fight this battle without the Moses generation. I'm trying my best not to call them the old generation because I know they'll get all over me if I do. The Moses generation, because they've been through the battle before, and they can tell us, Joshua, you need to go choose men and go fight. They can tell us, listen, this is the game plan, and then when it's 
it's time to execute, we'll know that they've been through it and they've told us what needs to happen. That's the importance of the bridging of the gaps between the generations. And Satan has tried to steal that. He's tried to uh, take that away. I learned this from my grandmother. My grandmother's 87 years, uh, 89 years old. And she told me, JT, when I was a young child, my dad poured into my life. And I've allowed her to pour into my life. And I've allowed my dad to pour into my life. And there was some things that I began to see in my life where if they had not been there, I would have fell flat on my face unless they had poured into me. And I learned that. And Joshua learned it. The Bible says that when Moses went and spoke face to face to the Lord, there was a lot of people doing a lot of things they didn't need to. But the Bible says Joshua dwelt in the tabernacle because he's seen Moses is talking to God. Moses is paying the price. I need to get in the tabernacle like Moses is because it's working for him and I need to get in there and dwell in the tabernacle just like he's doing. He said that. He said the Bible says that Joshua dwelt in the tabernacle. He stayed. He departed not from the tabernacle. So the first thing that this story tells me is that we need a Moses to speak into us. The second thing that it tells me is that there are some places that Joshua will go that Moses cannot go. And there are some places that Moses will go that Joshua cannot go. What are you talking about, JT? Moses said to Joshua, Joshua, I've chosen you to go down in the valley and fight the battle. And Moses said, I'm going to go to the top of the hill and intercede for you while you fight. There's some places, church, that our generation, understand this, I used to think so often that I just couldn't fit in. I just gave up because I was going to church. I would try. I would try. And you know what I would try to do? I would try my best to mimic. I'd try my best to mimic the best youth pastors. I'd try to dress like them. I'd try to preach like them and try to be like them. But you've got to understand something. God has not called you to be anybody else, but he's called you to be you tonight. I said he's called you to be you tonight. He's called you to stand and be the person that you are. And you need to understand something. There are some places that you're going to go that nobody else can go on that path because God has that path for you to go down. There are some places that the Moses generation must go and we must go in this direction. But let me tell you, in the midst of it, those generations are working hand in hand. We see, and this is my third thing, that that God showed to me in this passage. We see that as Joshua was fighting, the important thing that was happening up on the hill was that Moses was interceding for Joshua. Moses seen things that Joshua could not see. He saw things that Joshua was, and he was experiencing, but Moses was watching it from the top of the hill. And understand this, I'm just going to flip the page just for a minute to the Moses generation tonight. We need to get behind our young people and intercede for them and pray for God to move in their generation. 
We've got to get together as a body of Christ and pray for God to move in the Joshua generation because it goes from generation to generation. The battle does not stop until Jesus comes back. But let me tell you something. The battle might not stop, but God is still fighting for our generation. He's still the same God in our generation. And things happen in peculiar ways. Sometimes we don't, we don't trust that Moses is on the hill seeing things that we don't see. Listen to this story. There was a well-known family, very up-to-do family. And it was graduation time, and they had a son that was in um, 12th grade. He was about to graduate. And it was time for him to find his graduation present. And here was this young man that had all, all he could ever ask for in his family. They were wealthy. They had positions. He wore the best clothes. And he got with his dad before graduation and began to go to different car dealerships to look for his dream car. So he went from dealership to dealership looking at different sports cars, looking at the different cars that he liked, and he finally decided on the one that he wanted. And he told his dad, this is my dream car right here. This is the one that I want to drive in. So graduation time come, and his dad was in his office studying, and he yelled to his son and says, son, come here a minute. His son walked into his office and sat down with him, and he was anticipating to get his graduation present for the keys to be handed to him. And his dad reached, reached him a package and scooted it across the desk. And his son opened that package and began to see that inside that package was a Bible. A Bible. And in disgust, the son threw down the package and pushed it back to his dad and said, thanks for my graduation present. He went upstairs, packed his clothes, and left and never seen his dad again. Until years down the road, his dad went to be with the Lord. That brought him back home. And in the midst of that trial of season in his life, he went to his dad's office began to go through the stuff. And there was that package that his dad had tried to give him for graduation. So he opened it up, got that Bible out, and began to flip through the pages. And inside the Bible fell out a check for the exact car, the exact amount for the car that he wanted to drive. And he didn't listen. His dad was trying to show him, son, if you will trust the Lord, if you will look to God, then He will move for you and He was going to bless Him. Listen, the Joshua generation needs to understand something. We've got to follow after the Moses generation and continue to trust that when Moses is on the hill, it may feel like you're all alone fighting for yourself, not getting what you wanted, but God is about to supply every need, everything you need, and everything that you'll ever need according to His riches and glory because that's the God that I serve. He's the God that can supply for us. He's the God that can bring us through. He's the God that can fight every battle for us. He's the God that can bring us 
to places that we never thought we'd see. And listen to this. Moses told Joshua, he said, Joshua, I wanted to, after the battle was happened, we told, we told the story, we read the text. Joshua came up to Moses and Joshua said, we won the battle. And the Lord told Moses, he said, I want you to rehearse it. To write it down in the Bible and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua and tell him how the battle was won. And before we go further, I'm not going to be much longer. Before we go further, we've got to understand when we fought that power that I talked about called Amalek, it's a strong power. Paul said that we war not against flesh and blood. It looks like it's natural. The battle looks like it's in front of us. It looks like something we can visibly see. But Paul said we war against principalities and powers of darkness, powers that are higher than we could ever imagine. But I'm thankful I know a power that's greater than those powers, and it's the power that's in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, I give unto you power. He said, when you wait in Jerusalem, tarry until you receive power. So the Lord told Moses, I want you to rehearse this in the ears of Joshua. So as Moses, as Joshua went down to fight, Moses was about to learn a lesson that he was going to pass to Joshua that was going to tell Joshua how to win the battles and how to win the victory with Amalek. So he said he went to the top of the mountain, and all of a sudden, uh, he began to look at the battle. He began to watch Joshua fight against Amalek. And the Bible says that he lifted his hands, and when he lifted his hands, Joshua began to win. Praise God for that. Amen? Joshua began to win. But how many of y'all can lift your hand up tonight for me? And how many of you think you can leave it lifted up until the end of service? You probably couldn't. It's a hard thing to do because the weight of that hand gets heavy. Young people, I want you to hear something tonight. The weight of the battle that you're facing, that you're fighting, listen, it's a heaviness that you're going to endure. You can't do it by yourself. You can't do it in your own strength. You can't do it with your own power, with your own willpower. You, you can't make yourself do it as hard as you try, as hard as you try to overcome what the devil throws at you through your own strength. You can't not do it. It's too heavy for you to hold up. How many can say, amen, I've experienced that, JT? I'm ex- I've experienced that first person. I don't know what it's like. I know it's too heavy. I know I can't do it. So this is what God did. Can I get a chair out here in, in the middle of the... Can somebody bring me a chair? Praise God. Praise God. Can you come? Can you come up here, man? You too. Can you come, right? can you come up here too, man? Praise the Lord. Come on up. You're going to be Moses because you got longer hair. All right? I feel like Moses had long hair. You sit right here. You're going to be Aaron. What's your name? I was hoping it was Aaron. We'll call you Aaron tonight, okay? You stand on this side. Can you come up here, man? You, you want to? You want me to get somebody? All right, come on up. Come on. He's going to be, what's your name? Is it her? What's your name? Gavin. Can you stand over here for me, Gavin? I want you to stand up for just a second. Here was Moses, and God said, I want you to take Aaron with you. I want you to take her with you. But when he got up to the mountain, he lifted his hands up. Lift both your hands up if you don't mind, man. It might make you feel uncomfortable, but that's okay. You're Moses right now. And he began to lift his hands up, and he saw Joshua 
and the children of Israel begin to win the battle. But all of a sudden, those hands started to get heavy. You can't hold them up any longer. They're getting heavy. They're getting so heavy. You can't do it any longer on yourself, Moses. And all of a sudden, I know we stand for praise and worship for about 30 minutes, but my goodness, when Jade gets up there and says, you can be seated, we're like, oh, thank God. I can sit down now, praise the Lord. And Moses was like, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's up to me. I can't make it on my own. I can't make it through my own strength. So this is what God did. They said, we're going to bring a stone for Moses to sit on. We're going to bring a stone. And do you know what that stone represents? It represents what the church is built on. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Who does others say that I am? And they say, some say John the Baptist. Some say you're Elisha. Some say you're this person. But Jesus said, and asked the most important question, he said, who do you say I am? Listen, that's what you build your life on tonight, church. That's what you build your, that's where you start at. That's, listen, you don't fight your battle for victory. That's where you start at a point of victory in Jesus Christ. When you find out who you are in Jesus, when you find out like they sang who you are in Jesus, then that's where you start at. And the Lord said to Peter, who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the son of the living God. And when he said that, what did he say? He said, Peter, you have brought forth an amazing, amazing revelation. And I'm going to build my church on this rock. And when the gates that the devil is trying to fight you with, when he tries to bring temptation your way, when he tries to bring all kinds of things against you, you can say, I'm standing on the solid rock that is Jesus. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Sit down on the stone. So he sat down on the stone, and then he began to lift his hands. Lift your right hand. The Bible says that on his right side stood his brother Aaron. Do you know tonight who your brother is? You've been adopted. You don't cry. You're not subject to the bondage of fear any longer. But you have been adopted, whereby you cry, Abba, Father. You've got a heavenly Father. And let me tell you, you've got a royal blood that flows through you. You've got a high priest that knows what you're going through. And his name is Jesus. And he stands on your right side, holding your right hand up tonight. You can't do it yourself. As much as you try, you've got to depend and rely and trust in the Lord Jesus. You've got to go to the rock, to the Word of God. And then on the other side was her. Lift that other hand up, Moses. Grab his hand. Hold it up for him. Hold his hand up like this. And her stood on the other side. Hold his hand up. Hold his hand up. And her stood on that other side. And do you know who her was? Her was the top of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When the Lord said, go to Jerusalem, he said, they said, Lord, when are we going to get this thing rolling? When are we going to go see souls saved? When are we going to go see uh, people get healed? When are we going to see miracles happen? He said, you're going to see it when you get the Holy Ghost moving in your life. 
He said, I want you to go wait in Jerusalem. At the end of this service, we're going to pray. I want you to go wait in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. And when you receive that promise, you've heard that John baptized with water. But not many days hence, you're going to get baptized with the Holy Ghost. I believe if there's anybody in here tonight, you've been saying, I need an extra help. I need another power. I can't do it in myself. Well, you found that power tonight, and it's the Holy Spirit. He'll stand on your side, and he will bring you through when you are fighting against Amalek. The only way you can get through is with the help of Jesus Christ. When you're seated on the rock and you've got the Holy Spirit on the other side pressing and pushing you through. Somebody give these three young men a hand clap for their help tonight. Y'all can be seated. Y'all can be seated. Y'all can be seated. Hallelujah. I'm going to put that back for me, Moses. Praise the Lord. I want our musicians to come back. Church. How many of you in here would say I'm under the age of 30 years old tonight? Raise your hand. I'm under the age of 30 years old. You want to know something? I used to I used to feel weird when I had my youth at my church and I would call them church for some reason. And the Lord said, "No. They're the church. They're the church." They're, they're the Joshua generation. And this is what God said. Y'all come sing whatever you feel in. And as we've stumbled through this word tonight, we got to hear this. If we're going to overcome, let me just be real with you. How many goes to public school? Public school. Public school. How many is homeschool? That's fine if you're going to homeschool, if you're private school. How many of you got friends that you know they're lost and don't come to church? And you know something? Tonight you might be their only hope to come. But listen, if you're going to be the lot that God has called you to. You know what's interesting about a lot? A flashlight. These lights right here. A candle. Um, your headlights on your car. You know what's interesting about them? They shine brightly. But in order to shine, they've got to have another source. Come on. They've got to have another source. You can't just expect a flashlight to go unless it's got a battery. You can't just expect your car headlights to turn on unless you've got gas in your car. You can't expect these church lights to turn on unless they're hooked up to the electricity. Back in the old days when you had a candle, you can't light a candle. You can't light an oil lamp. You know, listen, you know what it took for an oil lamp to be lighted? Another source. Another source. And tonight, you've got to have that other source. You've got to have that other source. And you can find that source seated in Christ. This is what the Lord told Moses. He said, I want you to tell the Joshua generation. 
I want you to rehearse it in their ears. Because I've got great plans for them. They're going to take my people into the promised land. Listen, I feel this tonight. We're very close to the rapture of the church. I believe that. And listen, there's a whole lot of terrible things going on in this world. But I'm not discouraged because I know there's a Joshua generation that's going to conquer. I said, I know there's a Joshua generation that's going to conquer and go on through to the promised land. My goodness, don't be like the ten spies that came back and said, we can't make it. Be like Joshua and Caleb and say, we can make it because God is with us tonight. We can make it because God said we can make it. We can make it if He's with us, if He's told us. Church, we can make it. Somebody say, we can make it because He's with us. We've got to have Him tonight. And this is what the Lord said. He said, Moses, Moses, get up there. Moses, you got anybody else that wants to help pray tonight? Just tell them to come. I don't know who you want. Moses, get up here, Moses. Come on up here, Moses. Jade, you're a Moses tonight. I just want us to do this. I'm going to let you be obedient. I'm not going to say everybody. I'm going to let you be obedient. Praise God. This is what God said. He said to Moses, he told him this in Scripture. He said, Moses, I want you to get Joshua. I want you to lay hands on him. I want you to lay hands on him. Because he's going to need strength. And I'll tell you what I want us to do. First off, I want anybody in here that is seeking the baptism with the Holy Spirit, I want you to stand to your feet. If you're seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit tonight, if you haven't been filled yet, I want you to stand. Praise God. So that means everybody's been filled. Well, guess what? The good news is, is that in the book of Acts, they didn't stop after one field, getting filled one time. But the Bible says every time that Peter, James, John laid hands on people, they were, some of them, no, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you what I want us to do tonight. I want us to flood these altars and say, God, I've got to have another source. I've got to have another source. I've got to have the Holy Spirit to help me. I've got to have a touch. I feel like people's going to get what they came for tonight. I feel like there's some of us in here that maybe we've been fighting an Amalek. There's things in our life that we've been fighting. But I'm telling you, God is saying tonight, if you'll give it to me, if you'll keep your hands up, that last point, when Moses kept his hands up, the Bible says that they prevailed. And do you know what? In order for us to be anointed by God, we've got to start to anoint God. I said in order in us, for us to be anointed by God, we've got to learn to anoint God ourselves. You know what that means? That means we've got to get in His presence. That means we've got to pray. That means we've got to lift our hands in worship. And I just want us to flood these altars. If you're a Joshua generation tonight, come around these altars and say, God, I've got to have it. I've got to have it. I've got to have it. Come on, run up to these altars, young people, and say, Lord, touch me tonight. I want to have that Joshua generation impact on this world we're going to see a touch for this world we're going to see people healed we're going to see people saved we're going to see people delivered we're going to see things conquered for the Lord the Lord told Joshua everywhere you go I'm with you everywhere you go I'm with you tonight hallelujah just lift your
your hands toward these young people and hot and begin to pray for them. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hey, everyone. It's Pastor Jade Abrams here. I want to thank you for watching today. Please feel free to like and subscribe or find us on our other social media platforms. And we pray God's blessings your way. You have a great day. and We'll see you next time.